0: I'm at that phase of feeling I'm really reinventing myself again, but reinventing myself with exactly what you were saying, which is allowing everybody to see the total me. Yeah. Regardless of whether I'm working, because I can be professional, but I can also be fun. Regardless of whether I'm in business or my personal. Because coming from the corporate background, it was always about, yes, you can have fun. And of course, I had lots of fun. But you always have that air of professionalism. You know Mm -hmm. your boundaries so clearly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you kind of think, if I bring the fun element in, am I overstepping that boundary? Unlock the power of your voice and learn how to use it for maximum impact with Psychology of the Voice. Through this innovative methodology, thousands of entrepreneurs and professionals have connected more deeply with their audiences, leading not only to greater influence, but also higher revenue streams. Don't miss out on Tracy Goodwin's transformational coaching as she helps you take your sound from good to groundbreaking. Tune in and find out why so many six-, seven-, and eight-figure entrepreneurs call Tracy their secret weapon.
1: Ambila, Welcome to the
0: show. I'm so glad to have you today. Thank you so much. I'm super excited
1: to be here. Oh, good. Well, you know, I always start the show the same. I tell everybody I've never met you before. We've spoken for, true. yep, and very true. Spoken for about five minutes. And so this is all fresh to my ears. And I always start the same, having you just tell us about who you are, what you do, just whatever you want to share with us so I can start listening and taking notes.
0: Okay. My name's Ambila Nath. I am in the UK. Um, I am a spiritual business coach. So I help people using spiritual and uh, practical strategies to help to grow their business. So on the spiritual side, on the practical side, it's like any other business coach. You know, how do you start a business? What do you need to do? What do you need to get off the ground? But being a spiritual person or intuitive person, the spiritual element is me looking really deeper inside yourself because I read people's energies. So it's looking at where, and I'm also a tarot reader, energy healer, so both of those kind of incorporate. And I'm looking deeper into their psyche, but also into their body energy of where they might be physically blocked or emotionally blocked because we always hold on to our pain you know, somewhere. And so I'm kind of reading them, I suppose, just to help them to ease those blocks so that they can start to create and manifest more of what they want in their
1: business. How did you get into that work? Is that something you've done for a while or did you do something yes. before that?
0: Um, well, yes, I have done it for a while, but before that, you wouldn't have, if you had asked me this 20 years ago, I would never have said this is my where I'm going to end up. I'm a very technical person. I have a degree in computing. I I went through the management consulting, corporate mark, you know, way of being. Um, So very logical, analytical. And then the spiritual part was always there because I had an intrigue in getting tarot readings and, you know, like we do astrology and other things. But I always put those people as Having wonderful abilities, you know, something that was unattainable to me. I, I never thought that deeply into it. Um, but like it happens in a lot of cases, there, there was an event that changed my life and that kind of started my road to getting more in touch with my own intuition. So, um, for over a decade, the two were very separate journeys because I Coming from a corporate background, I thought my clients would judge me if they found out that I had this ability or could do this. And then I found out I was the person judging myself. So when I told the world, everybody embraced it, and I was the only one going, oh, I was the only one who stopped myself. Mm -hmm. Once I got out of my own way, I was able to work out how to combine the logical and the spiritual aspects and bring it together in business and how that could be used for potential clients and people who are open to working in that way.
1: So no wonder you're really fascinated with this that I'm doing here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of in the same realm <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're
0: getting deeper into a person's psyche. And, and as you know, you know that, that trade thing that we say that, When you're a builder, you're too busy building other people's houses that you never have enough time to do your own. Mm -hmm. So even though we have this ability, it's very rare to meet somebody who can actually do that for you. So, yeah, that's why I'm super excited.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think I, I think there's so much to we we do what we need the most. Yeah. And so we we're so busy sorting through other people that but but there's a piece of it that is allowing us to sort through it ourselves yeah you know for me certainly being raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to speak yes the irony that this is what I this is the gift and this is what I do right right oh yeah and
0: and, and I and this is one primary one of the reasons why I do what I do because I want women to have that confidence to have that voice to mm-hmm. uh, because I I am an Asian uh, British woman, and Asian meaning Indian um, mm-hmm. because I know in the states Asian you know is Eastern, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and because of that I am second generation coming into the UK. So my parents really held on to the values and the culture so tightly that as a female I was repressed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowed to speak up I had to be mm-hmm. second to a man I you know my position was mm-hmm. be seen but don't be heard kind of mm-hmm. in attitude and I'm not I wasn't a rebellious child but they would think I was um oh and it, really it very much about me my childhood was wonderful I think my 20s was when the rebellion
1: started. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And
0: teenage years was wonderful. You know, no, yeah. they normally say it's the terrible teens, isn't it? In my, mm-hmm. my case, it was the terrible 20s because that's when I was really coming into my own and wanted my family to embrace my success because they shunned my um, career success. hmm They wanted me to stop all of that so that I could be a wife to somebody else and, you know, have that kind of a life. And I just wanted to say to them, I want to have it all. I want to have that, but I want Mm -hmm. to have a career as well. Mm -hmm. And it took them ages to, you know, get that. But I completely understand what you're saying, a woman not being able to have a voice, because my voice was always being suppressed by being emotionally and mentally bullied.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that is such a cultural piece. I have worked with many women from, from different backgrounds, actually, where there is a cultural component to it, where it's just... And, and it doesn't even have to be a, a cultural component. I mean, I lived it. There's many women yeah. that I work with, and even men that I work I, with.
0: I think it's a generation in time period, because, of course, yeah. my nieces and nephews, that that, that doesn't exist.
1: Oh, they're, really? They're,
0: because they're existing in a world now where there's complete acceptance that a woman will have a career, she mm-hmm. will have success, she um, will have a voice, it's okay for her to be strong, all of that, you know, exists and it's okay. And my nephews are growing up and, Yeah, I want women like that. Whereas my generation of men were like, No, because it's been yeah. damaging our ego, we can't have that. So, and I think it's, it's that time factor of, mm-hmm. you know, the timeline of when that used to exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think that's everywhere.
2: Yeah.
1: I, exactly. You know, my generation in, here in the States was, yeah. you know, I was raised by Great Depression era. My, my yeah. parents were the greatest generation and yeah. you children just didn't speak. You didn't speak.
0: Exactly. My parents were of the generation when India went through the partition. Oh, okay. So 1947. So yeah. they were that era.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you know mindset so yeah
1: yeah it's so fascinating so let me ask you this who are your ideal clients are they corporate women or women leaving the corporate space who who are the primary people you work with
0: primary people I work with are women who are wanting who have a curiosity or are already spiritual and you know and have an awareness of it, or just curious about it, who are looking to turn a hobby into a business, so that you know Mm -hmm. it's not just a side hustle, but they actually want to full-time make money from it, or people who are actually just starting out in business or have been in business up to five years, but have been doing it all on their own. They haven't, like I used to be, they didn't have the business acumen, they came from employed jobs, And then all of a sudden, they're trying to work it out themselves on how Mm -hmm. to make this happen. Those Mm are ideal clients.
1: So not from a business perspective, helping them actually create a business and understand business, but from a feeling perspective, what is the feel you want them to have of you? Trust. Okay.
0: Um, Loyalty to be their best friend. I think um, to follow their gut, so that feeling that when they are talking to me, they have that feeling of, I can trust this woman. I feel she understands me. I feel Mm -hmm. she gets where I am in my journey. And I feel that she will be my best friend and best supporter in helping and guiding me.
1: Okay. Okay, really good. And the majority of that I'm picking up there, this is really interesting. The things that I'm hearing are, I don't know if you've heard me. I know you've listened to a couple of the episodes and I don't know if you've heard me talk about, I can always tell when people have one thing going on internally, meaning like they've done therapy or they've done, they've worked through a lot of stuff, but something is still in the muscle memory. Yeah. That's very much what I'm hearing in you. Okay. And and the first thing I wrote down was even before you said it, the first thing I wrote down was analytical thinker. Yeah. So none of this is bad, but it's what what all roads I think are going to lead back to the cultural component. Yeah. Because there's there is a likability about you, there is an ease about you that I love as you've gotten more comfortable i i get it even even more and more and more and i love it i mean there's this thing about you i felt like i knew you immediately when we when we got on the call and that's such a phenomenal quality there there's something interesting that i'm hearing and i think it comes from your reading energy are you always by default It's like people say to me, are you always listening? Are you always hearing voices, Tracy? Are you always, is there a piece of you that's always feeling out the space or the person? No. No. Okay. All right. Then it's, no, go ahead.
0: I was going to say not on a conscious level, because for me, it's like an on-off switch. Mm-hmm. So that if, I, if you were going to be my client and I was going to read for you, then I'd be like completely switched on and then, yep. you know, and I'm just flowing. But because I know that this is not that occasion, okay, I'm more or less switched off. But having said that, if there is something you need to hear, then it will come through me.
1: Okay, I do the same. I, I don't walk around tapped in. I mean, if yeah, yeah. you know, I'm tapped in now because yeah. I'm with you. Exactly. But right, but when I talk to the the dog trainer later today, I won't be analyzing her voice.
0: Actually, yes,
1: yeah. okay. Because there's this slight reading the room. There was this slight reading the room on the front end, and so I'm trying to piece together. What is this slight tentativeness? And I feel like there was a trying to get it right or a reformed perfectionism that was happening. I don't know if any of that resonates. It could literally be coming from analytical thinker.
0: I am the perfectionist part I can kind of um, take because mm-hmm. I am that kind of person, but for myself, I, I don't do it for others. But I think for me, I want to do the best possible for me. And then yeah. that basically means, in terms of the work that I'm putting out or the help that I'm giving my clients, I want them to get the best of me and the best that I can do for them. So that can translate to perfection. But yeah. I, I'm not that attached as you would be, you know, to perfection. That is, you know, dot the i's, dot the t's, that kind of thing. I don't take it to that extreme, but I do have that level of standard where you know it's really important to me.
1: Yeah, I didn't really hear the grip. There's a there's a sound. Everything is a specific sound that I can mm-hmm. I, that I identify, and it wasn't a perfectionist sound which has a grip. There's yeah. a real ease in your voice, which actually goes a little bit against analytical thinker.
0: That's probably because of years, um,
1: years of working on it.
0: Well, yes, but also the years of spirituality because it's been 20 plus years now. Yeah. And I think I'm, the more I got clearer with my model, because the spirituality and business part only um, started six years ago, where the both came together. So okay. it's very young in my, you know, journey, and that um, coming together is still a nuance for me. Oh, okay. On you know, on kind of the harmony of it, I'm st- I, I've got it, but I'm still working on it to you know keep on making it better. And um, so that's probably the element that you're picking up because I'm now leaning more to the spiritual aspect, my intuition, rather than my Mm -hmm. analytical. So that is kind of beginning a little bit more of a backseat.
1: Yeah. And it's just a remnant, you know, it's just this microscopic, almost like an old habit playing out. But what really resonates with me based on the sound that I hear is that you said that if there's any kind of perfection, it is within you. That lines up with the way that I'm hearing it. Not typical perfection, not even typical getting it right. There's a, a hesitation and a tentativeness in trying to get it right. And there's a slight tentativeness, but it wasn't that. It's this, it's this the way you're, the expectation you're putting on yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's what the sound is that yeah. I'm hearing.
0: 10%.
1: yeah. And that's not disruptive. That's not a disruptor. And again, everything is so microscopic. If it, people are picking this, any of it up at all, it's subconsciously. I'll tell you the big thing that I really would love to see you lean into though. So that that's the first thing I wrote and I thought that was really interesting because I can hear a disconnect when somebody's got something internally and it's like clearly they they've got it together there but I'm still picking up some sound. Yeah. So that was that was the the front end. But okay, let me look at my notes here just a second. The thing that oh, and interesting. I wrote judgment. I wrote judgment in the voice. That goes back to that. You're monitoring yourself. You're wanting to, that, that level of excellence, that high standard. Yeah. I was picking up something on that. Okay. Where I, and let me just look, let me see what I wrote over here. So one of the things that I love about you that is actually your voice superpower is you are really fun. Thank you. Is that true?
0: There is a cheeky side of me that not many uh-huh. people see. I am yeah. beginning to release a little bit more of that and show it more into my business. But I don't show it enough in my professional life that, than I do in my personal.
1: But yes. Yeah. yeah. So those are my favorite moments. Yeah. And what I think the big thing the, the core thing that I hear that I would love to, to flip, there's a gentleness about you. There is a, like, when you give me the list of what you want them to feel, there is a trust about you. There, you know, many of these things are, are already happening. There is a slight holding back of the fullest expression the things like the fun, the things like, and I'm going to put it in the in the terminology of total buy-in. Yeah. And I know you're mentally bought in. I know you believe 100% in what you're doing. There is another level of vocal buy-in that will reveal the passion that you have for what you're doing that I know it's there because I hear it. It's not 100% coming through. And I think every piece of that Goes back to your childhood.
0: Yeah. No, I, I 100% would um, agree with that. That there is an element of it's kind of like I've been on a lot of journeys, as we all do. And mm-hmm. I kind of, in my head, put my journeys to every decade that has started yeah. in life. So um, in this decade, not revealing nature. A hundred. I'm at that phase of feeling I'm really reinventing myself again, but reinventing myself with exactly what you were saying, which is allowing everybody to see the total me. Yeah. Regardless of whether I'm working, because I can be professional, but I can also be fun. um, Regardless of whether I'm in business or my personal Yeah. Because coming from the corporate background, it was always about, yes, you can have fun. And of course I had lots of fun, but you always have that air of professionalism. You know Mm -hmm. your boundaries so clearly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you kind of think, if I bring the fun element in, am I overstepping that boundary? Yeah. So because of, as I said, my business concept of finally bringing the spiritual and um, logical together is fairly newish to me. I'm still finding my footing in that, but also finding that release in myself of being able to, and this is where the reading part comes in, not just the intuitive part, but whether this client is ready for that, my kind of fun.
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because we
0: all have a different kind of fun. And sometimes Mm -hmm. my kind of fun can come across to other people as being patronizing. Because I have what mm. I'm, a, I'm a very dry humor, which is very yeah. British. Yeah. And not everybody will kind of get that in the tone. So sometimes it can come across as if I'm being insulting when I'm actually not. So it's judging whether somebody actually can understand that humor for me to be able to be that side of me.
1: I'll be right back to unravel the psychology of the voice with today's guest.
2: Garrison, a singer-songwriter, podcast host, and a certified self-care and resilience coach for burnt-out moms. And I also happen to have three special needs kids. I took Tracy Goodwin's Captivate the Room course in 2021, and it was life-changing. She helped me realize how the trauma I had experienced was showing up in my voice, and because of my work with her, I was able to heal that and go on to use my voice in ways that I had previously only dreamed of. I am so excited to invite you to Tracy's free training, The Voice Experience, coming soon. You can register at CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash voice experience
1: welcome back let's dive deeper into the sounds that are costing today's guest
0: when i'm actually not so it's judging whether somebody actually can understand that humor for me to be able to be that side of me
1: yeah and there's a part of me that wants to challenge that (laughs) no i'm all for it this is good yeah because that sounds exhausting to me okay and you know the one of the first thing the like the third thing I wrote down is reading the room yeah and that was in that questioning that I was doing trying to get to the bottom of are you in are you tap are you tapped in are you not tapped in that's what what I was picking up a reading the room sound yeah. and so there's a part of me that feels like are you doing what I call tentacles out and you're reading them and and just There's no hard line in the sand here, but are you reading the room and then determining, adjusting who you are because of what you think you see versus turning the dial up and down this way on always being you? Does that make sense?
0: Yes, 100%. And I am not the former. I used to be. Okay. I'm 100 used to be that person, but I'm no longer that person. I am me because I, I remember consciously back when I was in my um in the corporal world, feeling that I was le- le- living two different lives. Because yeah. with my culture yeah. at home, I was somebody else because I had to conform and be this person. And then in my career, I was excelling. I was this confident person. I was, you know, I had it all mm-hmm. together you know, youngest achiever and all of that kind of thing. And I was just really knocking it out of the park. But as soon as I came home, I couldn't celebrate any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because it was like, how dare you? What You know, you shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, it was all of those kind of words. But as I got, um, because one of the life-changing factors of my journey, although it's all healed now, was that I left my family. Hmm. Because I I couldn't take that pressure and conformity. And so I literally packed my bags, left my family, moved to the city I live in now, didn't know a soul, started from scratch, rebuilt the relationships back with my family on my terms. And then, you know, we have a wonderful, positive, loving relationship now. Um, But it was during those years that I became fully me and mm-hmm. now, regardless of who I'm with, and this could be, you know, with the queen or with a CEO or just with my neighbor, I am me. But the mm-hmm. human part, I will 100% agree with. That is the kind of part that only comes out with certain people.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know what I think it is? As I talk to you more, I think it's a remnant of what I call professional mask. Mm. So everybody I work with in the professional space, not necessarily the entrepreneurial space, but the people that have really been in the hardcore corporate, HR for 10 years, uh, tech for 10, 20, 30 years. There is this thing that that happens in the professional space that is this, I'm going to be professional. Yes.
0: The boundaries
1: are very rigid. The boundaries are very rigid and and I, not that that's who you are or how you feel, but yeah. that is probably the remnant i'm picking yeah. up
0: yeah, no, I, I would agree that that still definitely exists within me and the way I am with my clients.
1: yeah, and I think that there is so when i say, said a minute ago, I think that sounds exhausting. I think it, there is more room to play than you realize. Mm-hmm. And I totally get what you're saying about, well, I don't want to, I, I can be cheeky. I can be taken as condescending or sarcastic. I can appreciate that. And in no way am I saying, well, it didn't matter. Just go offend people. That's yeah. not what I'm saying <laughs> at all. I know my group. But I think there's still a little bit of a tempering. There is a depth of your soul that I want you to share with me vocally, not in words, but in passion. It seems to me that you love what you do.
0: I absolutely do. I have finally got to the level where I've cracked it, if I can use that word. I really feel, because it's taken me two decades to get here. Yeah. This this concept, this journey, this learning experience, everything, two decades to get to today where I can say, yeah, I found my purpose. I've I've been a coach forever. It's not that, you know, the coaching part just started six years ago, but getting to what I want to coach about, that – has taken time because I'd follow the generic coaching. You know, you do relationships, you do the general confidence, you do, you know, business on its own, just logic, logic, logic. You do that. None of them bought that passion. But as soon as a spiritual element came together, it was like, this is me. Yeah. And now I'm completely 100% owning every aspect of my business. And it's showing through in terms of the work I produce, Because it feels effortless. I'm not having to think about the work and the words and what I say and, you know, how I put myself out. It's natural to me. And, yeah, I love it. So when
1: you just did that little monologue, that's what I want. Yeah. I didn't get that initially. And we could, you know, it, it, we can sit here and go, well, yeah, but you really like that with your clients. And I always challenge that as well, because it, this could have been a discovery call as a me as a, I mean, I'm probably your ideal client. Well, maybe not, but I could be <laughs> your ideal client, right? let
0: explore that after. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but... That was the piece that was missing right there in the list that you gave me for what you want them to feel. Because when I think about their needing to believe in their ability to build this business, your passion is what they're going to borrow initially. Yeah. And I want them to be able to hear that.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's part of that is that playing bigger and playing bigger and playing bigger and always buying into that passion, which could feel dramatic to you. I mean, that may have been considered dramatic from your upbringing. Well, remember, we are British as well. That's true. (laughs) I know.
0: (laughs) I I just want to kind of clarify that. that Yeah, that's true. We are British, so we're not known to be kind of really... And, and that for me is still a learning curve of putting myself out there to, yeah, yeah, that, that magnitude and excitement because we are kind of like, you know, constantly holding ourselves back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Y'all think we're like, oh, y'all are a little <laughs> over the top. <laughs> I've been told that many times. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Amvila. But you
0: know what? Down here in the British part, we kind of wish we were some, you know, bit of you. really. Yeah, because I think, especially in the jobs and everything that we do, us being able to actually share that passion and and to share who we are more of, be excited about it rather than feel, no, somebody's going to judge us. We can't say that. They're going to think we're arrogant and, you know, all really put judgments in front of us before we've opened our mouths. That, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of hold back.
1: Yeah, and I think... (laughs) You know, is that just really about taking the risk to not? Yeah. Are we working off a of false proof subconsciously yeah. that they will judge? Maybe yes. they will. You know, yeah. m- maybe they will, because I have had many people I've worked with in the UK say, I'm not doing that. Yeah. People will think I am a lunatic. Yeah. And I and I go, well, I think it could be uh, somebody's got to uh, open the can.
0: Yeah. No, and whereas I'm actually open to exploring it and going, why not? But okay, you know, how can I make, not make, but how can I do this? Because again, it's, as you said, I'm learning and learning it. Right. You know, being conscious so that I'm breaking that old pattern to go, yeah, no, it's okay. I'm feeling you can do this.
1: Yeah. When you just did that whole explanation about finding the, you know, get really being on the right path, yeah. what were you thinking about? What were you connecting to as you delivered that to me? Because that is the baseline sound of what I want. And then I want to say to that, because that's how we can recreate it. Then I want to say to that, what was perception versus reception? versus what you want them to feel because your perception yeah. when I said that was passion might yeah. be, well, I'm not doing that in real life. Yeah. And I'm over here, even as an American, I can go, yeah. okay, no, that was still really, really awesome, not over yeah. the top.
0: Yeah. My soul. Yeah. That's, that's what I connected yeah. to my soul because when I was talking to you, I was in the moment. Mm-hmm. And As a reader, as I said, I read energy. So yeah people might have heard of channeling where just information is just flowing through and you act like a radio so that's what it felt for me that it was natural that was just flowing I wasn't in my head I was just allowing the words to come out without any filter without any judgment but just say what I was feeling so that was yeah myself
1: yeah no, I get it. I'm a total vessel. I tell people all the time, "Don't ask me what I just said. I won't be able to tell you." Yes. Don't, don't ask. You got to go back and look at the recording because <laughs> yes. I have no idea. I have I no idea. I,
0: I say to my clients, I never remember what reading uh-uh. I've given, and I don't keep any proof of them. So it's yeah. So yeah. they're constantly telling me what I have said to them.
1: But that's the key. Yeah, that's the key. Is the ma that's what will override the remnants of, whether it's I am in the UK, my childhood, my professional mask. Yeah. And that's the consistency that I would love to see. Like, I'm always this way. You ring yeah. my doorbell, I'm like this. You yeah. come for, for Christmas, I'm like this. You know, whatever, I'm like this. And there's a freedom in that.
0: Yeah. I am like this. I would say that now, again, 100%, about five plus years ago, it would have been different. But now I would say I'm about 97% like this in my life. Mm-hmm. It's a 3%, which still in business, I will be honest, is, you know, not there. But am people I- in my personal space or people yeah, okay. in business who get to know me better, yeah. you know, will see that side of me. But people yep. who were maybe meeting me for the first time yep. won't get to see that side of me
1: straight away. And that is what I want to shift because yeah. I got that three I was in that three percent when we started. Yes. I mean I could hear the underbelly of it. I knew it was there, <laughs> and that was my job to get to it. Yeah. But I want them to hear that from the beginning. And so I think it really does come from that professional mask mm-hmm. and allowing that permission slip to go, I'm bought in from hello, yeah. I'm yeah. bought in from hello, I'm bought yes. in from hello. And you do enough reps of it. Yeah. And then that way in that first minute, I'm like, this is my girl. Because that was one of the things that you said. I want them to know that I get them. Yeah. Yeah. I those are that. sounds. Those are sounds that I'm going to immediately go she gets me.
0: Yeah.
1: And I want them to hear that within seconds. And so I think that you know, you know to bring it full circle, it's there and it's yeah. just remnants. It's not like I'm having to rewrite your subconscious. You've already done yeah. that. Yeah. But that total buy-in, that total buy-in, that total buy-in, that sound of your soul. I believe that's what the voice is. It is the sound of our soul. And I don't really care if you're a CFO or a healer. That's the way we should be talking to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now I love that. And I completely agree. It really is about shedding those subconscious boundaries that we form, that we forget. Mm -hmm. I mean, even even as a coach, therapist of the work that we do, it's so easy, hence why I was so excited about today. It's so easy to see it in other people. Absolutely. You're, listening, you're hearing, you're picking up the keys, but you don't have time to do that within yourself. Right. So, know- right. so knowing, because somebody else actually said that to me a few years back and said, you need to bring that fun element into mm-hmm. your business. So it's been a work in progress, but I Mm -hmm. haven't completely yet Mm -hmm. let that completely slide that whoever sees me, this is me.
1: Yeah. And there could be, you know, I think that another reason we can't see it within ourselves is we're all working from a different story. We're all working from different habits that go back and start before we're five. Yeah. So that first phrase, and then the family situation, and the siblings, and then the bosses, and the careers, all of it has laid in layers. Yeah. And we're, so we're all working from our own stories. But yeah. I think part of that in your stories has been very much about judgment, mm. very much about that is not allowed. Yeah. And that's a tough one to override. It's, yeah. You know, that's a big ask for me to sit here and go, just rip the Band-Aid off and be fun. You are fun. I love you. But, that's, but I think there's more safety in it yeah. than your past has allowed you to believe because of the proof yeah. that you've got that it wasn't. Yeah. So your subconscious is working that old proof to keep you safe. Yes. And so here's the permission slip that you are, and you can come out of that gate and scoop us up with all that goodness in you that just makes us go, I want to be like that.
0: I love it. You can sense that my soul is already smiling at that permission going, thank you. That's what I've needed to hear. Yeah. And as you were saying regarding the judgment part, and especially, um, taking it back to my childhood and upbringing. I hadn't connected it that far, but as you said it, I could actually picture the timeline
1: of judgment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh
0: my God, yes. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Judgment is the biggest, this is the biggest holding block of a voice Mm -hmm. is fear of judgment. Yeah, and the subconscious is always going to either bring it back from the past or brace. You know, usually it's both. It yeah. happened in the past, so I'm braced to never let that happen again, and I'm yeah. going to play caution because that isn't happening again. And it generally goes back often one phrase before we're five yeah. can do it. That's it. That's all it takes. Yeah. No, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So is that helpful? Absolutely amazing. Loved it. Okay, good.
0: Good. Yeah, very helpful.
1: So you just rip that band aid off and you just come out of that gate strong every time because people are going to scoop you up and just feel so connected to you. They do already. This to me is more about you. Sometimes when I have these conversations and I never know what I'm up against. Sometimes it's about how people are perceiving the person mm-hmm. thinks that they're being, they're sounding very uh, nurturing and they're really sounding very condescending or something like that. And so they're being very misread. Yeah. yeah. That's not so much what I think transpired today. I think it was more about more the next level internal freedom for you, Yeah, which makes our experience even richer with you from word one. Yeah.
0: I love that. Honestly, this has been amazing. Well, oh, yeah. good. Really well, thank amazing. you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm completely blown away. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so excited that, I, you know, I, I'm here. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Really well, we're going to reach out to you in probably a month or six weeks and check in and see how things are going. You can give us an update and wow. we'll let the listeners know how you're doing. Oh, wonderful. I look forward to it. All right. Well, thank you so much again. And thank you, listeners. It's always great to have you with us as well. In working with Ambila, one thing was crystal clear. Inside, the work that has been done was butting up against a couple of remnants, initially from childhood, but secondarily from being in the professional space, And thirdly, being in the UK. The fun, the passion, the delight, so many of the sounds that represent truly the best in who she really is, I want to boost up. And I want to create a consistency where no matter what, no matter when, Every single time there is a consistency from word one, there is a solidity, there is an ease, there is a confidence. Now we just need to bring in more of the shades that aren't being played. They are primarily being kept down from a remnant of a mask and remnants from old stories from childhood.
2: Oh my goodness, what an incredible transformation we just heard. Did you hear the difference in her voice? It was incredible. Like I'm blown away at what we just heard. So if you are interested in having your voice assessed, you can just send Tracy an email at admin at captivatetheroom.com. Trust me, you're going to want to do it.